What up, folks, and welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 151 of the Spun Today podcast, and in this episode, I share a coronavirus update. I speak about a dope documentary called Scotch. I also talk about Narcos again because I actually missed an entire season, which I wasn't aware of. I also get into some shows that I'm looking forward to getting into during this quarantine. If you think you'd be into any of that good stuff, then stick around. And if not, kick rocks. But first, a quick way that you can help support the show if you so choose. And if you're not sure what a show is, it's a show without the H. And I meant to say show. Either way, here is a totally free way that you can help out. You know that feeling that you get on a Monday when you're sad because the weekend is over and you have nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. And you might be thinking, what is the Midday Monday Boost Letter? Sounds like a mouthful. And it is, but it's also more than that. I put together this absolutely free newsletter that I email to all my subscribers every Monday at noon to spread a little joy and happiness. If you choose to subscribe, all you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. And what you'll get is five things. You'll get a photo of the week, which who doesn't like looking at dope pictures? You'll also get a podcast of the week. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts every single week from a wide variety of shows. And I cherry pick the very best ones and share them with you as my recommendation for that week. Also in the Midday Monday Boost Letter, you will find a video of the week, which could be anything from a cool online recipe that I found to a rap battle to a TED talk or a dope interview. I also share a quote of the week, a little food for thought, as well as a word of the week for my fellow wordsmiths out there. Again, this is all absolutely free, and you can get my newsletter by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you will get the very next one. So I'm recording this on April 14th, 2020 from Queens, New York, where I live. In the previous few episodes, I've gotten into what I think uh, about what's going on, how serious I believe it is. I'm definitely not one that is taking this situation lightly. I can afford to. Myself, as well as several people within my immediate orbit, are considered high risk due to things like old age and smoking, multiple sclerosis and hypertension and obesity, etc. So it's definitely not something that I want to roll the dice with. Thankfully, New York is thought to be past the apex of this, which means the peak point of hospitalizations as well as deaths. The death count has started to go down today, actually, um, or yesterday, rather. You know, within the last 24 hours, there was a uh, spike in deaths, even though the death count has been coming down for about four to four to five days. That is a lingering effect of, you know, folks that are still going through it that even though hospitalizations has gone down consistently for the past several days there are still people being hospitalized as well as that 
you know, huge influx of people that were hospitalized before we hit the apex. And those folks are still going through the process of hopefully getting through it, getting well and getting discharged. But there are others that are obviously going to get worse and pass away. And that's a reflection of what we saw with yesterday's numbers. I'm definitely glad that a lot of the worst case scenario projections have been wrong. They have been off. I think that folks are, some folks, taking that piece of information the wrong way. I think seeing that number or the fact that those numbers were were off, processing them with the attitude of, oh, see, you know, this wasn't as bad as they said, so let's go out and they must be wrong about other shit. It's not as bad as they say or they were hyping it up to be, et cetera, et cetera. I think that approach is unwise because aside from the fact that those are worst case scenario projections and there's a range within projections, a low number and a high number, those projections helped put policies in place to reinforce the need for social distancing as well as the mobilization for beds, for ventilators, hospital personnel, PPE, which is the personal protective equipment that the hospital staff, nurses, doctors need. It helped us as a city, as a state, as a borough, as a country to mobilize in a way that helped curb those worst case scenario numbers, which is what we wanted, which is what we want, right? We don't want those projections to be correct. We never did. The fact that they're off is a good positive thing, I believe, and is a testament to us doing what we had to do in order to curb the number sooner than later. I'm also happy about other positive things, such as the fact that, according to Mayor Bill de Blasio's daily press conference from today, he stated that we are becoming, I think as of next week or as of the first week of May, well, actually, I think it's as of now or as of next week, that we're becoming self-sufficient or self-reliant on face masks and face shields. And by we, I mean New York City. And by the first week of May, we're becoming self-reliant and self-sufficient in terms of PPE, like the gowns and other protective gear uh, needed by doctors and nurses. And by self-sufficient, I mean that we're not going to have the reliance on, we will be able to make what we need. We're not going to have to rely on outside sources for things of that nature, which is a dope thing to hear. It's a good learning lesson. We had a, there's a big single point of failure when it comes to China in terms of a lot of the manufacturing and a lot of things come from China, right? That's not a surprise to anyone. And it's mainly because of the fact that many private companies outsource their work, their manufacturing work out to places like China, to India, where the cost of labor is a lot cheaper, which is a whole other discussion that I believe probably has to be had in terms of companies choosing to outsource in benefit of their bottom line and foregoing the ethical implications of what that lopsided business model looks like. But that's a whole other discussion. We have this reliance on China as well when it comes to things like medications. I'm going to read you guys a quick excerpt based on a New York Times article that states Chinese pharmaceutical companies have supplied more than 90% of U.S. antibiotics, vitamin C, ibuprofen, which is Advil, and hydrocortisone, as well as 70% of acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, 
and 40 to 45 percent of heparin in recent years. And this is according to Yan Zong Huang, a senior fellow for global health at the Council on Foreign Relations. And this is something that I would have to admit I'm in agreement with Trump on in terms of him attempting to reconcile the trade imbalance that has to do with China, which is definitely part of this equation. Now, his tactics, his loose cannon style are, in my opinion, not the best tools to get the job done and won't get the job done. But his sentiment seems to be floating around the right place when it comes to that. Unless, of course, you want to get all conspiracy theory on me, side with the folks that believe that this is a man-made virus and that it's in direct retaliation to President Trump and others that this virus was unleashed because of his tough-on-China stance. I personally don't think that's the case, but who the fuck knows? I can't know. I continue to appreciate the leadership from Governor Cuomo here in New York State. I could definitely do without the like the back and forth between him and Mayor Bill de Blasio, like with certain things that seem trivial. And I don't mean the the topic itself is trivial in terms of uh, reopening schools in New York, for example, but the semantics that they're bickering over, which is Mayor de Blasio stating that mayor control of the school system in New York City is up to him. So he has final say if schools open or not. Governor Cuomo stating that only the state has the authority and that schools should be reopened in a uniform manner with other school systems outside of the five boroughs of New York City, which is under 500 other mayors, for example, across the state of New York and and Nassau and, and Suffolk counties in Long Island, etc. Me personally, I am more on the side of just calling this school year a wash. Keep them closed. Let's open up in September, hoping that things, you know, continue trending in the right direction and not take the risk over opening schools, let's say for another six weeks before the end of the school year anyway, in like mid-June. Why expose faculty, students, parents to that possibility of revamping this virus in countless number of neighborhoods and and setting us back with the progress that we've actually made to me the cost benefit just isn't there but again that bickering back and forth i feel like there's bigger bigger fish to fry and i feel the same way when it comes to federal government versus uh, state government i appreciate i don't know if appreciate is the right word but i definitely recognize the flex that governor cuomo did recently in one of his daily had the mayors, I'm um, sorry, the governors of the entire pretty much tri-state area, including the governor of Pennsylvania, Jersey, Rhode Island, Delaware, and I want to say there was a couple more mixed in there, um, take part in calling in to his conference and voice their support for his leadership and agreeance that we should be focusing on reopening the economy, but in a a systematic, stable way where you have workers gradually beginning to go back to work while simultaneously 
having transportation workers and service expand while reopening the schools also in a simultaneous manner. All of those things have to like gel together because if folks are going back to work, they have children, they don't have nannies or babysitters because their children are normally in school. Schools would have to be open to be able to facilitate that for them to get to work. They will likely need mass transit. So that has to be back in play. A lot of folks that work in New York, live in Jersey or in other states. The I-95 is a commerce corridor that connects a lot of these states. And they're all in agreement that this is the best, most sustainable approach to reopening the economy. And I call that uh, a flex, at least I felt it was, towards the president and the federal government in direct response to a comment that Trump said in one of his press conferences where he said that his power is absolute and states would have to do what he says ultimately, which is what sparked the whole dictator Trump hashtag and that's gone viral and stuff like that. So I definitely feel that this was a flex to that and definitely got under Trumpito skin because he says he tweeted out today stating that Cuomo has been calling him daily and even hourly begging. This is a direct quote, by the way, I'm reading it exactly as he tweeted it. Cuomo's been calling daily, even hourly, begging for everything, most of which should have been the state's responsibility, such as new hospitals, beds, ventilators, etc. I got it all done for him and everyone else, and now he seems to want independence. That won't happen. Which is, first, a little scary to hear a president speaking that way. Not just because of the childish undertones and holy shit, this is the guy behind the wheel, but just the emphasis of, and he seems to want his independence, that like dictatorship type of speech. That's a very dangerous, shaky ground that he's treading on there. Then Cuomo in his press conference today, this is after the gubernatorial flex, responds in a matter that was actually presidential, in my opinion, that was professional at the very least. Because Trump, I don't think, has been presidential a day that he's been in office. But at least be professional. Be work with your colleagues in government. Not just with the ones that happen to bow down because you happen to be arbitrarily part of their team. Or part of their arbitrary team, rather. But Cuomo's pretty much like, I'm not looking for a fight. I am... That has never been my intention. It's not the time to be bickering and fighting. It's the time to act. I have called the president several times and asked him for all these things, and I thanked him for the things that he did send. But if he's looking for a fight, he's not going to get one with me. As long as we're working in unison and New York is getting what it needs, I'm not going to give in to giving him that fight that he seems to be looking for. Meanwhile, as Cuomo saying that you see behind his uh, Goomba eyes, that he's really thinking, I'll fuck you up. I'll knock that toupee off that stupid orange head of yours, motherfucker. <laughs> no, let me stop. But yeah, that bickering shit on all levels, I could definitely do without. I'm glad to see that we're making the progress that we're making and hope that you and yours are continuing to stay safe. I did want to touch on, in terms of a practical matter for folks that may be outside of New York, and you might be wondering what things are like with how shit is going on over here. Like I mentioned in the previous episode, the times that I have gone out for for necessity, for food shopping, to check on my parents, for uh, picking up medication, stuff like that, 
it's been weird. It's been eerie. In my experience with food shopping, for example, we've done a lot online, like ordering stuff from like BJ's online or or Costco, um, and they are delivering, but you have to do it well in advance. So like if you put it in an order today, like you have to wait for like an open slot for for deliveries. So often, and my wife has done this the last couple of times, you got to wake up at like four or five in the morning when they like refresh their site and they open up a new slate of open delivery windows and then place your order for them. You have to do that. And it's often like a few days out. So for example, if I put an order, if I wake up at like five in the morning today, if I don't see any like available slots tonight, then I will, you know, wake up at five, put in an order and that order would be today's Tuesday that it'll arrive anywhere between like Wednesday and Sunday, for example, or Thursday, Thursday to Sunday, something like that. Like it gives you a range of days. So you definitely have to plan accordingly. Uh, besides that, I've gone to the supermarkets, a couple supermarkets, like a key food by me that is right by uh, Cross Bay, which is like a main boulevard. Um, so it gets a lot of traffic there in terms of people, I mean. So that supermarket, I feel, has been emptier than another one that I've been going to lately the last couple weekends, which is by my parents' house. It's more of like a neighborhood supermarket. It's not like on a main, super busy uh, boulevard or, or street like that. And they make you make a line outside and someone is there, you know, letting folks in as folks go out. So they keep the occupancy fairly low. You know, there's still people inside. It's not like you're just you running through an empty supermarket, but it's definitely not as crowded or, or packed. They do some crowd control. They also put some like markers in front of the deli station, for example, where people should stand. They have like X's marked on the floor. So folks stand, you know, a few feet away from each other. I would say the vast majority of people are wearing masks and a lot of people are wearing gloves as well. It's now, I believe more uncommon to see people without masks although you still see some of those and in terms of the availability of things most of what i've looked for or you know what i've what was on like my shopping list for example i've gotten not everything but most of it like toilet paper for example i saw it two times ago that i went to the supermarket but i didn't need any at the time and then i saw that i was gonna need some in about a week or two or in about another week, actually. So last time I went, I went to look for it, but there wasn't any. So I guess that's like hit or miss. Thankfully, my brother has actually gone physically to Costco where they're doing something similar. You know, only allowing a certain number of people into the the Costco at a time. And he offered to pick me up some, uh, which he did. Shout out to David. Thank you. Appreciate it. As well as some diapers for my son Aiden, his godson. Which for some reason is out of stock online but they have it in store which i don't get but whatever i guess they have like different distribution channels right for stuff from from the store might not come directly from the store when you order online maybe it comes from like a warehouse somewhere i don't know but like that and like the butter that i normally get the supermarket did not have but they had other butter like uh oh i was looking for like the country crock like big square plastic container and they didn't have that they had like a different brand and in the butter sticks for example 
but they've pretty much added everything else. In the stop and shop that I went to on Cross Bay, they had less shit. But I think that's like when things were starting to go a little haywire and, and you know, folks were were nervous and scared and we didn't know how long this shit was going to last. So there was like no ground beef and no no chicken really. There was like scarce like meats. They had like ground turkey. But luckily, you know, supermarkets are able to replenish their supplies and and re-up but yeah that's that's on a practical level i guess what it's been like besides that just staying in uh domino's by me stopped delivering because i think somebody may have gotten sick there Uh, a lot of chinese food places stopped delivering as well so we've been doing a little more cooking which i like which is cool i'm looking up like more recipes online and bought stuff to make specific things during the week like fried chicken that I actually posted on my Instagram. If you guys want to check it out at Spun Today that I made for the first time. Shout out to Chef Kelvin for putting up a recipe on his YouTube page as well as a uh, chicken parm and some like pork fried rice and different things that I want to fuck with. Some sourdough bread from scratch. Made some guacamole the other day to go along with it. Make the best of it, right? Silver linings. What else? Car washes. I have not been able to get a car wash, which is one of the things that I like to do. You definitely notice the emptiness outside. There's just less people all around. But I guess the uh, quarantining, the fact that things are empty, are ultimately a positive thing in that the curve is flattening and there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel, although it's a probably a pretty long tunnel. I hope you and yours are continuing to keep safe. And that is my update on the coronavirus to date. There's this really cool documentary on Amazon that I stumbled upon and put it on not expecting to watch the whole thing, but it's called Scotch, A Golden Dream. And it's available on Amazon Prime if you guys want to check it out. I decided to put it on. I don't know what I was doing, but it was... I think like my wife and I had just finished watching something or she was about to go shower and I was going to watch the baby and uh, until she got back and I just uh, threw something on and I was just scrolling. I saw it and I myself, you know, scotch is uh, my drink of choice, whiskey, scotch. I'm actually sipping on some Chivas right now. My new shit that I'm into besides, you know, Chivas is just like a go-to classic for Dominican. I would say, and, you know, just always have it in the crib. But something that I'm into lately is a Buffalo Trace, which is a really smooth whiskey out of Kentucky. And it's from a company that's been in business since the 1700s. So that's some little uh, whiskey history for you. Anyway, so this documentary, Scotch, is framed around a gentleman by the name of Jim McEwen from Scotland. That, because fun fact, any Scotch that there is to be named scotch has to be out of scotland if not it's not scotch it would be whiskey and then scotland also has whiskeys which i think is where a lot of the confusion comes in it's more of like a blended scotch whiskey like multiple blends of scotches meaning from like different barrels get blended together or sometimes from different breweries and different barrels get blended together etc but yeah so it follows this guy, Jim McEwen, who used to pass by this whiskey distillery on his way to school. And he used to like the smell and 
just the the guys he would see working and he would run up to it and like peek in the windows to like see what they're doing inside this whiskey distillery and he was about 15 years old he would do this every single day on his way to and from school and he's 15 years old and summer break from school was approaching he went in and asked for a job and he was really persistent and they said okay but they could only give him a job for about six weeks you know during the the summer vacation and then he would have to go back to school obviously and it was just gonna be like a a summer gig and he says in the doc that that six week gig turned into a 50 plus year career how dope is that so you had this person that was like passionate or not necessarily passionate at that point but he was drawn to this distillery to the world of whiskey since he was a ute a ute a young ute where's that from hit me up on twitter if you can actually guess what movie that's from that line is from he's a ute but yeah from when he was a young 15 year old kid to just dedicating 50 plus years of his life and just becoming the most respected master master blender whiskey sommelier absolute craftsman to see that to watch that it was just so dope not just because i'm into whiskey but just because i'm into that level of dedication and passion to anything the fact that it was about whiskey just made it that much more interesting and intriguing to me and it shows him dealing with every stage of the process from getting the hops from like this barn that the hops are like on the floor and they're like sweeping them up and turning them and he explains how to get like the proper amount of like resin or residue from the hops using this like wooden box contraption thing and then the importance of the oak the wooden oak used for the barrels for the casks that the whiskey ultimately goes in and then they show like years worth of whiskey on the wall in terms of clarity and the bottle of, uh, of whiskey like the first year for example or not a bottle the liquid of whiskey if you just let it age one year it's like completely clear it's like like vodka and then as the years go on with it maturing in the cask it starts getting browner 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 so the darker it is just based on that like rule of thumb the older it is which might not be true for every single type of whiskey but again that's just like a rule of thumb that i picked up from watching this and he's such like an artist with it like they show him like going in, into the barrels and taking a taste and just like feeling that it's not ready yet but that it's almost there and then you know bottling that cask for like another six months to a year so then he could taste it again to see if it's ready then they interview like all these other folks a lot of which are his peers his children and they speak about like their expertise and then with just like complete admiration for him as being just like this og craftsman and it was just like a a serendipitous thing to watch because it was like i wasn't expecting to watch the whole thing i thought it might be maybe interesting but probably not and i put it on and then just really really enjoyed it a couple more things that i'll share from it which i thought were dope is that i believe they asked him something along the lines of how did you know that this is what you wanted to do or like were there times that you wanted to quit or something like that 
he responds with the saying that's basically saying that he followed his heart. He says that the only thing consistent in life is your heartbeat from birth to death. That's the only thing that is consistent in your life from when you're born to the day that you die. You always have that heartbeat with you. So he was like, why wouldn't you follow that? And the last thing that I want to share about this documentary is something that his daughter shared towards the end of it that I thought was really touching and telling to the impact that he's had to the folks in his life. And here it is. I would just like to say to that, thanks. And we're all really proud of you, the whole family. We could not be more proud. It's not that you're the most recognized individual. It's that you did something that nobody else did and you did it your way. And that's inspiring. And my kids will learn from that. And my kids will know about you and their kids will know about you. So thank you. I hope some of you motherfuckers speak about me that way. When I'm getting ready to retire from the uh, podcasting and writing game. (laughs) Let me stop. But yeah, that shit's dope, right? It's fucking inspiring to see somebody that passionate about something. And as his daughter rightfully put it, that did something that they wanted to do and did it their way. And has the respect and admiration of their peers for doing so. And as a quick aside, did you guys know there's like $600,000 bottles of whiskey. Like, I know there's, like, expensive liquor, but God fucking damn. Who buys that? Who drinks that? And how smooth and good must that shit taste? That should be funny if it, like, tasted like shit. <laughs> um, oh, that's another thing. They interviewed, like, bottle makers, like, for very high-end whiskeys, like, fucking 50-year-old whiskeys or something like that and he explained how it's like a handmade process for each individual bottle and it's like the like some sort of like crystal glass that the bottle itself empty is worth like 10 g's or something like crazy shit like that that's fucking insane but yeah the documentary is called scotch a golden dream and it's available and streaming on amazon prime video You guys should definitely check it out. Next up is Narcos. Once again, I was speaking with my brother about it. And I told him that I recently saw the the Mexico series, which I shared with you guys on a previous podcast. And I thought it was dope. I thought it was way better than the, the two Pablo Escobar seasons. But I thought, and I was under the impression that it was only the two Pablo Escobar seasons and then the two Mexico seasons. And that's it. Then my brother started describing a scene that sounded familiar at first. And then I was like, no, wait, I didn't see that. And long story short, I find out that there was this third season, which focused on the Cali cartel after Pablo Escobar was killed, which I had completely missed. So I went back, binge watched the shit out of it. And um, it was a really fucking good season. Really good. Not as good again as the Mexico ones. But it was definitely better than the second season of the Pablo Escobar one. Because the first season of Narcos, I really liked. The first uh, Pablo Escobar season. The second season, not so much. It was like good enough for me to finish this series or that season. But not good enough for me to be like looking forward to seeing the third season. Which I 
again completely skipped over once the fourth season of oh i'm sorry the second season of mexico happened and i started i was hearing like good things about it i was like fuck it let me let me go back and watch mexico i didn't have anything else to watch really at the time and i was not disappointed it was really good i did a whole podcast episode segment about it so go check it out but yeah i just thought i'd uh give you guys a quick update on that since i thought it was funny i completely fucking missed an entire season of a show and what's good about it though even though there's overlap obviously with um the subsequent seasons uh in mexico mexico is kind of like a standalone story in and of itself so i didn't feel like i was like completely missing something when i watched the mexico season and even when i went back to watch this cali cartel season it put some some things in perspective but i didn't miss anything from like skipping that season if you will like plot wise like there wasn't anything that i was like oh that's why that was like this and like that and then something else that i definitely be remiss if i didn't mention is the fact that narcos has one of the best intros of any series ever in terms of visually the way the intro looks and that song is like so perfectly fitting with the series it's called tuyo by a singer called rodrigo amarante it just pairs so well with the type of show that it is and with the visuals of the intro as well it's like one of those intros that you don't want to skip and you listen to every time at least i did and i was like that with shows like orange is the new black i thought that was a dope song a dope intro uh dexter the show uh the song rather not so much but the intro visually was definitely dope and then the best best fucking intro and visually and song combo would have to be how to make it in america which was an hbo show that had two seasons and was canceled due to lack of ratings but was such a dope show that intro plays a song by aloe black called i need dollars i need dollars 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 is what i need hey hey and it just has a like a slideshow of photography new york life from the hustle and bustle of it to the nightlife of it to the after hour spots eating dining of it and in like a gritty new york some black and white some color dope way i'm gonna see if i find the intro like on youtube or something somewhere and then i'll link to it in the episode notes so you guys could check it out actually when i, I was remembering that intro in preparation for for this episode and i like googled online why it was canceled and you know re-verified that it was due to like poor ratings for the first and, se- and second season that did even worse in the first season but there's like a bunch of like blogs and articles of folks saying that it was a series that was cut short that it would be killing it now because you know it's about these like two guys hustling in new york and and they're like entrepreneurs and like trying to make it in the fashion and industry so I actually like tweeted HBO and, and tweeted them the article and told them that they should definitely revamp the show and that I told them that I would work the writer's room for free or not for free for like less than scale, which between you and me, if I did have an opportunity like that, I probably would do it for free, but don't tell HBO that. But yeah, definitely dope show. Sick intro. I actually wonder how the show holds up because it was canceled back in like 2010, 2011, which is like almost a decade ago already. 
So I should check it out. It's probably on HBO Go. I should check it out and see if that shit still holds up. You guys should definitely tweet HBO too. Tell them to bring that shit back. Hashtag H-T-M-I-I-A. How to make it in America. And that, my friends, is the end of episode 151. Oh, I almost forgot some shows that I am currently into. I'm definitely going to be doing podcast episodes on, but that I haven't either started watching or finished watching the entire series would be Ozark Season 3, Insecure Season 4, I want to say, Better Call Saul Season 4 or 5, I believe it's up to, Dave on FX with Little Dicky and uh, Andrew Santino, hilarious show. My brother put me onto that one. And he says that the writing reminds him of Atlanta, and I absolutely agree. And um, I think that's it for now. But those are definitely on my quarantine watch list. Hit me up on Twitter, at Spun Today, and tell me what's on yours. And with that, folks, I'm going to wrap it. Thank you very much for listening. Stay tuned, listen to some tunes, and then hear on a few ways you can help support this podcast. Tony here, and I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I enjoy putting it together for you. If you'd like to support, I'd really appreciate it, and we'll give you a one-stop shop of sorts on how to do so. If you can make your way over to spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a bunch of different ways where you can do just that. There you'll find an Amazon banner similar to the other banners found throughout my website that you can click on and will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. This will not cost you anything extra and Amazon will pay me a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. It's a great way to help support the show financially without actually having to come out of pocket. At sponsorday.com forward slash support, you'll also find links to my Patreon and Kofi pages. Patreon and Kofi are two similar websites where you can set up reoccurring donations for the show. 
if you want to donate a dollar per month a dollar per episode a hundred dollars per episode whatever you like you can check out either one of those two services there there's actually also a patreon video that's kind of like a little tutorial explanation video of how patreon actually works also at spuntoday.com forward slash support you'll find a direct donation button where you, you can donate by way of paypal you'll find a link to apple music which works similar to the amazon banner you can click on it it'll take you to apple's website where you can do your purchasing like you normally do and again it does not cost you anything extra but i will get paid a percentage just for driving traffic to their website and you'll also find links to the spun today viral style store this is where you can get spun today related merch and you'll find things like these cool premium t-shirts that have uh, writing related things on them that I put together myself. I'm definitely not a clothing designer by any stretch of the imagination, but I put together things that I wanted to see and, and uh, wear myself. A couple of my favorites are the one that says writing is life and another one that says write need every day and it has like a puff of smoke looking design right behind uh, those words you'll also find a sponsored a coffee mug and a really cool color changing mug that's related to my debut novel fractal it's completely black and when it gets hot when you put in coffee or tea it starts changing to white and it also exposes the cover art for my novel fractal it's pretty dope so definitely check all that stuff out, which again, you can find by going to sponsory.com forward slash support. And of course, do not forget to follow me on all of your social media at Sponsory on Twitter, at Sponsory on Instagram. Subscribe to the Sponsory YouTube channel where you can find clips and excerpts from the podcast along with other cool content. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash spun today. Also, don't forget to check out all the free shit that I have on my website as well. Go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. And there you're going to find dozens and dozens and dozens of free writing pieces that you can check out for motivation and inspiration and just some general food for thought. You can check out some of my photography at spuntoday.com forward slash photography feel free to take any of those pictures and use them as you wish i set it up so that you can like copy and download the photos and my short stories are available at spuntoday.com forward slash short stories and last but certainly not least my pride and joy corner spuntoday.com forward slash books here you will find my published books which you find folks can find links to purchase them on Amazon, whether you want hard copies or digital uh, Kindle copies, that's the spot for you. Thank you very much for being a Spun Today listener. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.